0: Hello and welcome to FM On Demand with Tara Fitzpatrick. I'm your host, Tara Fitzpatrick. And today we have a really good show for you. It is about livestock to table, livestock to dining hall. We are talking with Montana State University dining services people. And we talk not only about what is it like to live in Montana now? It's gotten like really popular as a place to live. What's it really like? So that was a question that I asked And of course, we talk about they're breaking down, no pun intended, whole animals. And they're telling us the program of how they do it. Um, Montana State University has a big agriculture school. Not surprisingly, there is a lot of land out there. And they talked to us about working with local ranchers also and for each groups. And that brought me back memories of when I was a newspaper reporter just starting out. Um, Here in Lorain County, we have a fair and I would go out and cover the fair. And these 4-H kids always impressed me so much because of just their maturity level with like, they're raising this animal and then later they can eat it and they have a respect for it. They have an appreciation. um, Something that is, I think your average person, if you haven't grown up on a farm, it's kind of, it's hard to imagine, you know, the way that, the way that they are, but we are speaking with MSU Barn-to-Campus Coordinator, Kira Landolfi, and Executive Chef, Jill Flores. And they're telling us kind of how they make this program work. So it's, um, hopefully you'll really enjoy listening. Thank you. Kira and Jill, thank you for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. And we are going to be talking about lamb some other farm animals, too. And I wondered if um, you could tell us a little bit about the history of Montana State University. And I don't know, is it it's officially an agriculture school? I I just wanted to get a little background on
2: that. Yeah, so um, the university started out as an ag college. Um, and as the years have grown through, um, you know, they, they've added more more colleges. And right now, um, the main college is the College of Engineering, but the Ad College is still uh, really important um, here in Montana and on campus. And we're also uh, the land grant college in our state.
0: Cool. And there's a lot of land in Montana. So. <laughs> Pretty big state over here. It is large. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to see working with dining seems like a natural fit with animals, with meat that can nourish us. So did the College of Agriculture there, did they always work with dining or was this kind of a new development?
1: Well, um, our college here is 130 years old. And so I would say that going way back in time, that my assumptions and beliefs are that we were getting some products directly from our college here and then our surrounding farmers and ranchers Yeah, as time has developed, obviously um, past things have moved towards a more commercial market, but I would say the last decade and a half uh, we've made a really strong effort to try and invest a lot more money into our local economy here with local food products. And some of that is reinvigorating some of those relationships that are new and new to our scene. Um, And some of those partnerships are directly with our college of agriculture, again, with the current programs that we have in place.
0: Cool. And there's a lot of benefits to this um, of sourcing whole animals, which includes cost savings, quality control, um, and the relationships that you kind of just mentioned. I wondered if you could talk about sort of the plus sides of it. Like what, what is so good about it?
2: One of my favorite things uh, about it is that, particularly with um, our process of being able to go to the local fairs and um, mm-hmm. buying some four h pigs and once in a while a goat, um is that a lot of times the the uh, kids that we're buying the animals from, will be freshmen in the dining halls in the fall. And so cool. and it kind of is, you know, bringing it back home that we bought their animal, they're going to school here, and they'll be able to eat, um, you know, the animal that they had raised um, through the year there at school.
0: Yeah, and I'm always so impressed 4-H kids are okay with that. They The animal, might it, it had a name, they cared about it, they cared for it. And when I worked for a local newspaper here in Ohio, um, we would cover the county fair and a lot of reporters didn't want to go it was like an assignment like oh, I don't want to go to the fair it's hot but I loved it I, I loved. And the biggest impression that I had was talking to those 4-H kids and how mature they are, how different they are from city kids, I guess, where they are they know where their food comes from and they, they're cool with it. They're really, I don't know, those 4-H kids, they're something else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think what's really interesting is that obviously a lot of students that enroll in the College of Ag or that are in the 4-H programs or FFA programs, a lot of them come from ranching and farming backgrounds, but not necessarily all of them especially some of the students that are getting to college college age, they are enrolling and more interested in food, and they're wanting to get into production. Okay. What One of the great benefits that I see here is that there's that educational component because we are on college grounds that we get to bring some of those students into our classroom of the kitchen, and they get to see and learn how to raise animals, whether it's Steers or lambs or goats or pigs, and they get the foundations of how to actually like grow the animals. But then mm-hmm. we get to bring them into our premises, and we get to show them our kitchens and how we're breaking things down and how we're cooking things to put out for service uh, for a large scale food service. And so um, they're getting to see the end product of of what they're producing too, which I think is really beneficial. Because oftentimes they're looking at it from a production standpoint. But then once you become the service yeah. component, we're looking at it from a marbling standpoint or how dry something is, how tough something is. And then they get to actually taste it too. And so from the consumer yeah. view, what they what their preferences are for what we're actually cooking from what they produced. And so it's this whole full cycle um, that we get to kind of involve them in, which I think is it's really beautiful. And different and unique especially given that we have such an opportunity here in Montana because we do have the land to raise all the animals that we can
0: (laughs) yeah that's so interesting I wonder if you could talk more about how you make a whole animal fit into the campus dining menu cycle because you kind of touched on that a little bit it's it's bigger volume for you guys you're serving a lot of meals um so kind of what goes into it how is it different than ordering like a here's a box of steaks
2: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so we we do um we do have to adjust our menu planning a little bit in order to um utilize all those um different cuts and sometimes uh some of the things that we'll do is for instance, uh, we might get more ground than most people would get and, and we can utilize utilize ground pretty easily. Um, um, the other thing that we do is, um, particularly um, with some of the 4-H stuff, it goes to a lot of different processors and we're kind of okay. looking for a consistent product and maybe everybody makes sausage links a little different, sure. so instead of getting sausage links, we'll just get ground pork and then we're able to utilize that on our um, asian stations in the form oh, yeah. of um like we'll do uh steam buns with you know sweet chili lamb filling or um oh, sounds so, so good that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then the other things that we might do is um you know because we do such large volume um it's harder for us to lay bacon out one piece at a time or different processors might have a different their bacons will vary so instead yeah. of getting the bacon cured, we'll just get the pork bellies and mm-hmm. then we'll do like a sticky pork belly topping on something. Um, so, so those are, those are a couple of things that we do to, to kind of help us out with the whole animal process.
0: Nice. There's something about the flavor of lamb and I, I know I'm focusing on lamb. It, I feel like it's, it really is my favorite protein. And when you mention ground, like a lamb burger is so good and it's so surprising and it tastes so different than I mean, it's, it's weird how different it tastes and it's so delicious. And I don't know if people say gamey, like if that's gamey, then I guess I like that. I don't know. Like, how would you guys describe like the flavor of lamb?
2: Well, I I feel like there's two very distinctive, um, like categories of lamb and, and so American lamb, I think is more approachable to most Mm. folks and doesn't have that as strong flavor. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned the lamb burgers, because, um, when we first reintroduced lamb into the dining halls, because nobody was eating lamb, you know, that it wasn't desirable. And so we started, um, with lamb sliders at, Mm. at our late night program and they just, they went like crazy. And then we just started introducing more and more lamb into the menu and we try to make it very approachable. So like the lamb sliders or uh, lamb meatballs or, you know, things that people are uh, lamb on pizza, things Mm -hmm. people are more likely to try. And then they're more willing to try like, a you know, a roasted leg of lamb or a lamb chops. Right. Jill has some um, award winning, award winning
1: lamb curries that are just to die for too. Uh, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, that sounds so yeah. good. There and... was a lamb competition that she entered and uh won a lamb curry and it was just so delicious.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Very and there's <laughs> there's so many different kinds of curries. What what kind was it? Tell me a little
2: more. It it was a butternut squash curry. So it was lamb with butternut squash, and then uh it was it was a uh, yellow curry that we had done on it.
0: So nice. Yeah, there's so many different things you can do. Lamb really does kind of lend itself to Asian applications too. You mentioned a couple like with the steam buns and there was something really good at um, PF Chang's. I don't know if you guys have that in Montana, but just, it's like a a chain Chinese restaurant. They had this thing. I don't think they have it anymore, but it was called wok seared lamb. And that was just the most delicious thing. And me and my friend, Jenny would always get that every time. It was like one of those things where like, don't even show me the menu. I know, I know what I want. (laughs) So that was, yeah, it's just, it is is definitely delicious. So working with the two departments together, like it sounds like you guys have that like pretty streamlined, pretty smooth. Like they'll tell you like, we've got this coming in and you're like, well, we could use this, this and the other.
1: Yeah, generally speaking, um, we have a couple different programs that we kind of uh, categorize things into. And so with our beef program, partnering with the College of Agriculture, they have a class that's called uh, steer a year.
2: So the students <laughs> enroll in the Fun. course
1: and they learn how to raise steers. Um, ranchers from throughout, mostly the state of Montana, will donate a steer. And then they will eventually get back genetic information. They'll get feed information for um, their weight conversions, for how much feed to, okay. to weight that they're putting on. They'll get carcass grading information. Oh, that's cool. Huh? And so um, there's a benefit to the rancher um, providing a steer to the university. But the the students um, help raise those. Generally, we have about 30 a year um, that we get a, uh, have brought in in the summer. Um, and Jill and her team of chefs will work with the local processor to break the animals down into the cuts that we need for our menus. Jill kind of mentioned it before that some of those uh, cuts will serve out in one service period. And mm-hmm. so off of those 30 steers, we might use all of the flank steaks um, for one lunch service. But then other cuts or other components, whether it's like a top round, bottom round, or maybe ground beef, that might be um, utilized in a month to three months, depending on uh, how often something's menued. Or they may need to specifically try and um, put a special together for ossobuco
0: for all the like shanks and things like that. Ooh, oh, that is wow. What a classic. And that has to, it has to simmer for so long. And yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever really had asobuko. I mean, I know what it is, but Oh yeah. Come
1: up to Montana. Yeah, and
0: to the dining halls and you'll, you'll get a taste for sure. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys both originally from Montana? We are. Yep. Yeah. Yeah very cool and now it's becoming like the cool place to live. My <laughs> cousin Marley, she had been living in New York City, Brooklyn, and during the pandemic, she and her entire family moved to Montana. I think um her partner, he's he's originally from Montana. So they knew about it, but like all of a sudden it's become the cool place. Do you guys, do you think it's because of like Yellowstone or <laughs> like people are just getting so excited about Montana? Like, what do you guys think? Are, are too many people going to move in
2: there? <laughs> you know, um, it could
0: happen. <laughs>
2: there is a lot of room
0: though. There's a lot of it, land. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> there's definitely been a large influx of um uh folks into montana uh lately um i a lot of people have like when we're traveling for conferences and stuff a lot of people have like oh have you seen the show yellowstone and, and i i don't i don't i'm not i don't watch it <laughs> So it's too slow.
0: Funny. I I tried to. I, many people have told me that they like to watch it, but it's so slow. Like it moves really, I guess crazy things happen. But, and then there's Kevin Costner is just saying like, this is my land and I'm going to fight for it. And I thought that the show was about the national park. Uh, so I was <laughs> like, how is, how does he think that's his land? Like, isn't that all of our land? So, but then it turns out his ranch is called that. So it's a, that was the confusion. Know.
2: I feel like maybe um, when people mention stuff about Yellowstone, the show, it doesn't really represent what's the reality out here. So yeah,
0: (laughs) hopefully not, not as much drama (laughs) for sure. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to see like any future plans or things, things that you guys are excited about happening soon.
2: I'm excited about um, a a few years ago, we did some um, honeybee hives. so uh, this year we're getting ready to start that program up again. So I'm, I'm super excited about that, being able to um, do that. And um, we're working with our um, registered dietitian on campus and seeing if we can do some educational pieces too, for um, our students in the dining hall, Um, you know, so, so being able to utilize Um, not only some of these programs that we're doing for to feed our students, but to also to educate them is is pretty exciting, too. So,
1: yeah, I think of it from another sustainability uh, aspect, we have a pretty strong food waste collection program here on campus as well that all gets composted currently. Nice. One of the future goals that I have in mind is to be able to help divert some of that food waste that's currently getting composted and being brought back to um, come back onto landscaping projects and free oh, yeah. soil health, diverting some of that and going back to animal feed. And then oh, cool. us being able to get some of those animals too, whether it's hogs or chickens. Um, and so just having another kind of diversion source um, that we haven't fully initiated yet, but that that's kind of like plans on the horizon now that our composting program is pretty um, kind of dialed in at this point.
0: Yeah. So like expand it more and give, give the animals something to eat. I know that hogs really love to get pumpkins. Like I've seen them just like go eat on some pumpkins before. It's like their favorite. Yes, yeah,
1: Usually so. our only pumpkins on campus are from jack lantern contests uh, around Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> there you go.
0: You can give them to the hogs when you're done. So yeah. yeah, looking forward to that too. I'm, I'm such a fall person. I'm already looking forward to fall. I'm like, oh, Halloween. Yay. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, I definitely want to stay in touch with you guys um, and see what happens for the rest of the year. We, I want to get some recipes maybe from you too for the lamb. So let's stay in touch and come back again sometime, please.
1: Awesome. No, yeah. That'd be great. Nice to meet you.
0: Likewise.